Cotton Ball Show 2016. Fucking sucks. Daniel Bryan's retired. Bret Hart has cancer. Everything sucks. Scott and Paul show episode. It doesn't matter. Episode today. Scott. Hi. What's up, man? Well, we have some news. Um, there wasn't game news two weeks ago. And beforehand, that actually did put down, but we had so much movie news that we had to get through that I forgot to actually include it. But we're going to go over it. Um, I was right because they always do this shit. Mortal Kombat XL will be released on March first for PlayStation One, Xbox One. I don't know about PC, but I imagine so. It will include all DLC fighters and skin packs. Um, I imagine this will probably be sixty fucking dollars. Uh, it will include Combat Pack One and Combat Pack Two. So, if you wasted all your money buying all this shit separately, you can just buy it off together. So, there. Um, never I th- again. Yeah, never again. So there you go. Um, if you're interested, the ex- enhanced online beta is open now. So uh, apparently, it is the best-selling game in the franchise history, according to Warner Brothers. So um, wow, that's actually Pretty pretty good for them. Considering that game was a the first couple games were a cultural phenomenon that the series just isn't a part of anymore. I mean, it's part of our culture at some point, but it's not. Yeah. It was so overwhelming in 93, 94, 95. It was just insane. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm guessing that now there are so many systems out. I, I guess maybe that's what that is. It's probably, probably why. I don't know. I would have to actually look at the numbers, but that's surprising that more have been bought now than then. Well, the gaming segment supposedly has grown. Mm. So, you know, <sighs> isn't it the same fuckers now playing? 
Well, they have a, a lot of them had kids that played well, too. I guess so. And aren't we just buying it for them? And we're old enough at this point, we could have 18 and 19 year old, 20 year old kids. I guess starting to buy their own shit. So, I guess, yeah. Well, the rumors are true. Platinum Games is making Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles mutants in Manhattan, even though they denied this shit. But it is true and it is coming out for everything PlayStation 4, PlayStation 3, Xbox One. 360 PC, Super Nintendo, Atari Lynx, and Jaguar. Scott, what system are you getting it for? Um, Wii U? Wii U, oh, yes. Wait a minute. <laughs> no, it, it won't run on Wii U. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, but it'll run on an Xbox 360, so, or yeah. PlayStation 3. So, yeah, it's clearly they're not going to run on a Wii U because it's inferior tech. Um, the one system that will not run is on the Platinum Wii. Games doesn't have any experience programming for the Wii U architecture, clearly. Or making beat-em-ups for Wii U, right? But anyways, it doesn't matter. I can't blame them because the game, what was a Bayonetta didn't sell for shit, so whatever. Yeah. Um, it looks really awesome. Uh, I like I like the look. I like the look of the turtles. I like how they're not all like built like Raphael's. You know, got Raphael looks like he's the biggest and then you got two skinny ones then you got leonardo looking you know like a badass but it's a trailer and it doesn't show much in gameplay but i would suspect that it's going to be pretty good um oh, featuring single player campaign and online co-op for up to four players because who wants to sit with your children and play as a ninja turtle in the same house yes with four players yes um i was going to mention that there is no couch co-op on, on this game None at all. None. Not even two player. Nope. That's a non buy at sixty dollars for me then. It's not sixty dollars. Scott is fifty dollars. Forty nine ninety nine. Whatever. It's a non buy at that price. If you, I, I mean, it's a freaking Ninja Turtle game, man. Come on. It ought to at least be two player. Oh, it's couch. not. It's it's that's too much of a strain on your system. Fifty dollars yeah. for PlayStation Four and Xbox One, and forty dollars for PlayStation Three. And Xbox 360. Yeah, I'll be buying that one in the used bin. Sorry, yeah. Platinum. Yeah. Well, maybe if it's a big enough hit, they might decide to do it later on. Yeah, I'll wait and see. I mean, it looks well, good. I'll well, maybe with the robust nature of Xbox Live, you want to play co-op online. <laughs> maybe they talk to, to Xbox Live. Well, I mean, the co-op online is awesome. Yeah. I mean, it's like, I know this isn't true of everybody, but like my particular friends list has a wide variety of taste and no, nobody really matches up. So us playing co-op games is few and far between. Uh, unless it's fucking COD, you know, which I like COD, Black Ops 3, but yeah, everybody's then moved on to other things and went back to Destiny. And I'm not a huge Destiny fan, so... Yeah. Speaking of which, before I forget, I want to go ahead and mention this now. Uh, a few months ago on PlayStation, you were able to vote for which free game you wanted. Um, Bro Force is one of the games that you can vote for a uh, free game for PlayStation Plus. So go vote for that. Highly recommend. Yes. It's it's multiplayer. 
Yes. Does it have couch co-op? Yes. Oh my god. Oh, that's right. Yeah, because um, I think me and Owen played it. I can't remember if it was you. you or can him. and I'm on PC. Yeah, it's couch co-op. I think we did play it, but whatever. He was not grasping the difficulty level. <laughs> Neither were me and you, but that's beside the point. He's he's eight. So I believe it it's should be available to vote for that pretty soon, I think. Um I saw it was coming up pretty soon. Uh, next month, I think, or maybe this month. Uh, here we go. PlayStation blog. Uh, voting begins today. Action Hink, Assault Android, Cactus, and Broforce. So, um, this. So, Go and fucking vote for Broforce unless you're an idiot. Yeah, Obviously, Broforce is going to fucking win this thing hands down. So, vote for that. So, can you hear all my thirty-two mouse? people who listen to this show go and vote for Broforce? Can you hear my mouse on the desk? I don't know, but last week at the end of the show, you could fucking hear your keyboards. Ah, oh, shit! It was loud as hell. Uh, and then awesome, sweet, tasty news. Fucking Doom is back. Yes, yeah, like Doom, 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 not Doom 3, but Doom. Um, Doom, Doom will be go ahead. Doom, Doom, Doom. Um, yeah, Doom, Doom, Doom. Doom will be releasing worldwide on Friday, March 13th for PlayStation 4, Xbox One, and PC. Um, and for the multiplayer, there is no multi-transactions. No microtransactions, Scott. Are you happy? Pretty excited about that. You can unlock shit in the game. Holy cow. I mean, that's something new. Yeah, I've never done that before. Have you ever unlocked shit in the game by playing it? No. I mean, that's something like back in the 80s that people used to do. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, I remember playing games, just trying to unlock extra characters and shit. That was always fun. And, of course, there's uh, Standard Edition, Collector's Edition, and all that bullshit. Uh, the way the microtransaction came up with, conversation came up, there is, um, oh, shit, I just, ooh, something. But there's some extra little perk shit that came up in the conversation. And the guy says, no, if, if you buy something, the uh, collector's edition, you get a little bonus. But you can actually unlock it if you, I don't know, play the fucking game. So it's, it's not a big deal, people. So, Doom will be out. Scott, are you going to buy that on PlayStation 4 or PC? 
Mm, I don't have a PC that's going to satisfy my need to play that game, so it'll be probably PS4. Oh, sad. Yeah, I will have one one of these days. I'm just waiting on to see what the um, reception for Star Citizen is and what the specs are. If it gets a good reception. You mean the game that will never come out? Yeah, I'm just going to wait because I'm not going to build a rig that won't run that. If it well, actually, if it I promises a half of what it's promising, then I will definitely uh, probably just disappear. In the it's going to be a lot of broken promises. Oh yeah, there's no doubt. There's no doubt. But still, um, the collector's edition for Doom looks pretty cool. How big is that statue, though? I would rather have the. Yeah, the trailer for Doom looks pretty. Doomish, but uh, they should have released the freaking uh, Cacodemon. Remember the plushies? Mm-hmm. They should have re released those, anyways. Exclusive yeah, the- 12 inch statue on an LED lit base with internal slow spinning turbine. It's- That's pretty good for a collector's edition. Yeah, exclusive metal case supplies are limited. I didn't know actually, no, it was LED in its, in its, and its fun. I, did, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's 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 a huge improvement over just a resin statue, and the metal case is pretty cool too. One hundred and twenty dollars. I mean, that's yeah, still a lot for a game. Yeah, well, the game's sixty bucks and it spins. I could see the statue selling separately for fifty bucks someplace. I mean, that's that's to me that's one of the more reasonable ones for sure. Scott, you spent more than that on your fucking amiibos, so come on. That's what I'm saying, man. <laughs> So that is pretty sweet. All right. Scott, let me ask you a quick question. What's that? If you publish a game, even one, are you a publisher? Yes. Okay, well, GameStop is publishing a game, and then they just said, well, we're not a publisher. We're not trying to be a publisher. So are they a publisher? They are a publisher. Well, they said they're, we're not trying to be a publisher. Well, most publishers aren't trying to be publishers these days. But they're a bug. <laughs> they're shitty, buggy games. Yeah. So, uh, Last week, GameStop signed Song of the Deep, a new game from Resistance. Uh, Ratchet and & Clank and Sunset Overdrive developer Insomniac. It will release a 2D underwater adventure title in the box through its stores and via Steam, PlayStation Network, and Xbox Live. Um, However, GameStop's Vice President of Strategic Initiatives, Mark Stanley, uh, has played down the potential competition with its publishing partners. Quote, We are not attempting to be publishers here. We are simply taking a great opportunity to collaborate in a non-traditional way and trust that the combination of all of these great ingredients we have to put in make for a great experience. Um, I see the writing on the wall. On yeah. The mortar stores, buddy. Yeah. They're opening up their options. I don't um, want to throw money at Insomniac. You can't pick many developers that are better. Aren't they breaking some... Laws, maybe by doing this, I don't know, but here's what I'm interested in. Trust laws, they got 
Uh, no, I don't think it would cover that. The um, this is comes <sighs> from Resistance, Ratchet, and Clank, and the Sunset Overdrive developer Insomniac. I'm sold right fucking now without even seeing a trailer. Those are three really good series. Sunset Overdrive was the freaking surprise of the last decade for me because I looked at that game and I was like, whatever. Ooh, look, we're all edgy and flashy. And then the game is very tongue-in-cheek and very fun. So, And I like the Resistance games a lot and Ratchet and & Clank. So, yeah, definitely uh, definitely check that one out. Mm. Yeah, they, I mean, they, they know what's coming, man. I mean, the more they push digital the less business they get in their stores. We will listen to what the game community has to say about this game and go from there. Well, game community tells you to quit fucking them on game prices and shitty game packages, and you still say, fuck you, we're going to screw you. Here's the thing I think is going to be funny, is they sell used games. Yeah. So when people start bringing it, because it says it has a box version when people start bringing that one back how much are they gonna cut the price and how long are they gonna keep that price high yeah versus what they do with other games i bet that game that can down price for years so yeah it'd be like 55 dollars or something for well, it probably won't be that much but oh no it will be they're gonna be like fucking nintendo the price will never come down it's possible we'll they're gonna be like hypocritical bastards Uh, I'll be, I'll be laugh, man. If they send like cease and desist orders to eBay sellers and shit for selling their game, that would be amazing. Uh-huh. Uh, if you have or plan on getting, I don't even know when this game's coming out. It's not okay. If you plan on getting UFC two, um, Bruce Lee will be in the game. So I don't know if this is a pre-order or not. Is it? Uh, I saw the trailer initially for Bruce Lee a while back, and um, that says right here you can all if you buy it, you have access to if those who own EA Sports UFC, the first one, and buy the upcoming game will have free access to him day one. Alternatively, you can unlock the fighter by beating the career mode and getting inducted into the UFC Hall of Fame the same way you can unlock Mike Tyson. Hmm. So I, I saw the trailer for Mike Tyson, by the way, and he looked pretty good. They have you can play as Mike Tyson in UFC too. Yeah, and the tra- he looks. They got mo- they got like the tattooed crazy version, and then they had the like '80s version that we didn't know was crazy, but actually probably was. Um, so yeah, it looked pretty good. How the hell is Mike Tyson going to work in UFC? I don't know. I just give him a bunch of kick-ass boxing moves and. Give him a couple of grapples, I guess. Probably won't be very realistic on the ground, his ability, but I remember back in the day, he said he would get his ass kicked if he ever went in UFC, like way back in the day, like mid-90s, something like that. Huh. Those who have access to Bruce Lee can play as him in the welterweight, bantamweight, featherweight, and lightweight divisions. See, I like the original UFC better because it didn't fucking matter because there was no... Weight classes. Yeah, you got those mismatches, so you're guaranteed to see someone get their face smashed in. Now it's all pussy divisions. 
I want to see the, the little guy go against the big fat fucker so you can climb on top of him and just start punching him in the back of the brainstem. Uh, Keith Hackney and Emmanuel Yarborough. It was a 180-pounder versus a 600-pound man. Yeah. Yeah, and he destroyed that 600-pounder. Yeah. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up right now, but this game is supposed to have a huge-ass roster. So that'll be interesting. <laughs> Hope they have some of the old guys like Hoist Gracie, Dan Severn. I like Sam used to get some of those fighters from like Keith Hackney. You know, some of those guys that you know were in the first few UFCs get uh you know, I'm sure they'll have like Tito Ortiz or somebody. Guy Metzger would be a cool one. Always played with him on the old games. Uh, on to TV news. The official Voltron legendary defender logo has been revealed. Um and it, you can go to Nerdist.com, take a look at it. It's just a silhouette of Voltron, and it looks like Voltron. Yeah, it does not look like Voltron. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it's Voltron. It works. It doesn't look yeah. like they fucked it up too much. No, I actually like it. Um, The logo looks... Um. Scary. It, it looks. And this is Netflix. That'll yeah, be good too. Netflix yeah. and DreamWorks. DreamWorks animation. So the animation should be smooth, but I don't like the logo for Voltron. It looks kind of poppy. It looks. Like it. it looks safe. It's not the old school logo. It looks modern. It looks like something Disney would, would relaunch. It looks like the current crop of like Saturday cartoons. That does. Yeah, it does, it does kind of channel that a little bit. But I'll go ahead and give it the Pacific Rim defense. As long as I see Voltron punch and then decapitate, eviscerate, and randomly gut monsters, I'll be okay. So. As long as he's taking out a road beast, you're happy, all right? Exactly. The uh, Flash and Supergirl crossover has been confirmed, but it will take place on the uh, Supergirl show and not on Flash. And the primary reason is because Supergirl has more money. Yeah. They have a bigger budget. CBS has more control. <laughs> exactly what it is. Well, no, uh, well, they uh, they have a bigger budget. That, that's why. Yeah, that's yeah, the primary. CBS is like, thank God they're going to let us be on CBS with us. The, it's crazy uh, that they're working together, but whatever. Uh, Greg Berlanti is controlling both of them, so it's his show. So he's like, well. It will. I think, I think they have the date when it's going to happen. But um, I haven't watched Supergirl yet. It will be on March twenty eighth episode of Supergirl. So mark it down. And now, 
Star Trek, the new series, whatever the hell the name of it will be, has a new showrunner. It will be Brian Fuller. His career started on Star Trek Deep Space Nine, continued into Star Trek Voyager, and uh, he got on to create Pushing Daisies and Hannibal. Um, I wonder what his role on Deep Space Nine and Voyager was. He was a DP. Huh. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, was he like the fucking key grip? Or... Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, let's see here. Is he attached to direct to adapt the Neil Gaiman novel American Gods? Into a star series, stars series. Well, I mean, he's he's been in the mythology apparently at some point. So yeah. I like Deep Space Nine. I thought it was a good twist. To, instead of everybody being Federation, you had all these different groups and the Ferengi and all that stuff, or that little shopkeeper yeah. bar guy, whatever he was. But he created Hannibal and Pushing Daisies. But wasn't Hannibal just? That was the ripoff of well, it wasn't a ripoff, but it was the um Sounds of Lambs. Uh I do not know. I'm gonna assume it was. I do remember there was gonna be a series. I didn't know if it had ever come and went though. Apparently it came and went. <laughs> Same for pushing daisies. I do vaguely remember pushing daisies like a commercial or something. So Brian Fuller. Okay, here it is. If the criminal profile William Graham has a unique way of thinking that allows him to empathize with anyone, including the psychopaths, but while helping the FBI pursue a more particularly complicated serial killer, he decides he could use the help and list of, yeah, Hannibal Lecter. Yep. Okay, so he, uh, man. So he just, so he didn't create anything original. No. Other than that first show. Ugh. So he's gonna be he's probably gonna be like one of those safe choices. Mm-hmm. Because you know, he has several failed shows based on existing properties. Yep. Doesn't bode well, gentlemen. But I would assume the Trekkies are craving some Star Trek TV. Speaking of failures, Ninja Turtle Big Game Spot came out and we got our first glimpse of Crank. I didn't think it was a bad trailer. I just can't get over the turtles. And I know the good trailers don't make good movies. So yeah. I thought it was an okay trailer. So, um Crank was think, pretty cool. What'd you think of Crank? I liked it when he popped out in the glass, but I didn't get a really good look at the robot, so we'll have to wait and see. It's clearly a huge departure from the not a huge departure, but a moderate departure from the original, which is fine. So. <sighs> I like the, the party wagon had like some robot arms or something. I don't mm. know what the hell is going on. I want to see what that is. But I won't be going. Eh, actually, I do think I have to go see this one in the theater because my son, he has seen the trailer and he wants to go see it. So mm. and... I have to go support the big Hollywood machine, the evil corporate entity. We got to go give money to Michael Bay. Give money to Michael Bay. Civil War. They had a new big game spot. 
Pretty intense. Pretty intense. Got to see who was on what side, it looked like. But would they all be on the same side when it's all said and done? Of course. It's going to be like the the Civil War video game when that came out. Spoiler. Except for this one won't have an alien invasion Spoiler at the end. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. I wonder, spoiler alert, if Tony Stark will be a scroll. It would be nice if they brought scrolls in to screw everything up, but. I mean, you know, Robert Downey Jr. is not going to be the hero at some point. Right. <sighs> so I'm, I'm guessing that maybe they'll reveal this Iron Man as a scroll. And then real Tony Stark will show up leading some sort of freaking galactic fleet that he just built out of a MacGyver type shit. <laughs> Smash everybody. I don't know. They might really just try to play up the whole that's Tony Stark really against Captain America. And, you know, it did go down like that in the comic books. So maybe they'll steer away from that to try to make you kind of guess a little bit. Who owns the scroll property? Oh, that's a good question. I don't know if Marvel does or if, if Sony does. Those are typically Avengers villains. So. Well, they've had a lot of Fantastic Four run-ins, too, though. That's oh, so confusing. wonder which one they stick with the most. I don't know. I think It wouldn't matter, I don't think. It I would think, matter what they individually determined when they were selling rights and shit. I think it's almost always Avengers. I think you're right. Yeah, I mean, mostly... I To me, it's mostly Avengers. That's without doing any sort of research, which I'm not going to do. Uh, my gut feeling is it's typically Avengers, but I do recall a few Fantastic Four stories. That's quite a few Fantastic Four stories, though. You had Super Scroll. Yeah. Had all the powers. That was a good one. I think maybe the Super Scroll is... owned by Sony, but... The scrolls themselves is owned by Marvel. I think that's one of those weird ass things. Nah. But that's fine. You don't need a super scroll. They got Thanos. <laughs> Whatever. Yeah, after Thanos, it's all downhill from there on villains yeah. for the most part. Unless you actually have a true honest Galactus Galactus and said that oh, it's a nano cloud bullshit. But, you know, because people probably wouldn't believe that. You wouldn't be able to suspend disbelief seeing a giant superpowered being. So watch these four superpowered people fight the Silver Surfer instead and then, you know, look at the cloud. Yeah. Deadpool will be out pretty soon, in the next week or two. And he's already been, been uh, greenlit for a sequel. Early reviews look good. Yeah. Um, I don't recommend you taking your kids to see that one, but maybe you could take the wife for her early Valentine's Day gift. Yeah, she actually wants to see it. Um, she's a huge Ryan Reynolds fan. It might be more romantic than taking her to go see Gravedigger. Yeah, <laughs> that was great. Um, I don't know. I probably won't. I won't take my kids. I, I let my kids watch quite a bit, but. This one's this is this is beyond what I can tolerate. 
Um, that's just for watching the trailers. Oh no, there's some good fucking in this. So, yeah, I heard that too. There's a lot of that. But Deadpool is tracking to make up to north of sixty-five million dollars. And as of right now, a film that sitting at eighty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So it's gonna have good word of mouth. Yeah. Well, that's just from reviews. You gotta think of what yeah. what the general movie going public's gonna think of it. They'd probably if it's sitting at eighty-one percent on Rotten Tomatoes, and considering the type of property that it is, I would say that the word of mouth is gonna be extremely positive for this. Ooh, maybe we'll get the social justice warriors all pissed off. And it's been banned in China, so that's always good. Yeah. You know, it's kind of crazy. Social justice warriors are more Puritan than Puritans anymore. Don't say this. Don't do that. Don't think this way. Don't think that way. Yeah. Anyways. CM Punk's... Oh, well, on to wrestling news, because that's that's it for movie news. Uh, CM Punk's... I don't know. It's, it's MMA, but doesn't fucking matter. CM Punk's first opponent in UFC is now confirmed. Mickey Gall. Um, the 24-year-old. Uh, see. It was his first match. Well, he uh, he beat some fucker in 45 seconds. <laughs> yeah, he is 2-0. He fought uh, November 2015 and February 2016. And he, as an amateur, in early 2014, he had a fight. And in mid-2015, he had a fight. So he had a big while between fights there. But he's young and plenty of time. So yeah. never seen the guy fight. Of course, I don't watch a lot of MMA anymore. I've been burned out on it for a long time. Yeah. We don't know when the fight's going to take place. Punk's open for UFC 200, but... Everybody wants on that show. So, um, this fella has won all three of his fights by rear naked choke, but his competition has uh, not been very good either. And uh, getting lots of rear naked chokes a lot of times, it's not because you're the next Toys Gracie or. Hmm. Uh, Shit, I'm trying to think. Damian Maivia, it's because you're fighting crappy fighters. When you're getting all your wins like that. Most of the time. We'll see. But hey, it's only fair because CM Punk has zero fights. Yeah. So, so should be even. There's, and there's people going to criticize him. They're going to criticize CM Punk for fighting a guy that's only 2-0, and o, but that's bullshit because CM Punk is 0-0. Zero and zero. Yeah. And props to all of them for putting their fucking face out there to get smashed. It's awesome. Yeah. And as we said earlier, it's been a bad year. Uh, in New Japan, Tanahishi, he separated his shoulder, but they're making him fucking work. Finn Balor sprained his ankle, but he's not working, which is. Good because all the shows leading up to Takeover that's already been recorded, so he doesn't have to really work, so he can um, take the time off that he needs. And of course, on Monday, uh, Daniel Bryan retired. Uh, too many concussions. 
he had. WWE's doctor said, no, you're not cleared. You're not working. He went to the doctor in um, Phoenix. I think it was. They said, well, you're cleared. And then he went to another doctor. And the last test that they ran said, uh, mm, no, you're a little bit worse off than, than we think. So it's um, it's over. So from what you – I think you watched the uh, abbreviated retirement speech. Scott, yeah, I'm sure you can watch it. I thought you were just like, no, I was talking to you. I was not talking to you. I was like, is this fucker going to speak or not? No question. Could you repeat the question, sir? Uh, you, you watched the retirement speech, Scott, the abbreviated one. Oh, you didn't fucking like it. (laughs) (laughs) No, I, 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 I linked it to you on the phone today. Oh, you did. Yes, fucker. I look at my phone here. Oh. Well, shit. Well. Oh, I thought you sent me a fucking picture of Daniel Bryan. <laughs> my no, bad. I didn't see. I want to send you a fucking picture of Daniel Bryan. I don't know because you like Daniel Bryan. I wanted to see that guy wrestle at least once. How long is the speech? I mean, in person once. Minutes, we ain't gonna fucking do it now. It's fucking too late now. Shit, man, my bad. I misread that. It's been a long evening. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, watch all folks. the other videos. Jesus Christ, I thought for one week I got everything watched and I'm good, and then I find out. Well, thanks to some people not watching this. Well, don't fucking play it. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vince ain't going to be watching this show anyway. It don't fucking matter. That's got to suck, though, dude, because he's so popular. Yeah. And he loves wrestling so much. Well, the one thing that really has to suck for him is he wanted so fucking bad to work Nakamura. And then one day he just turns on fucking WWE.com and here comes Nakamura. And he's got to fucking retire now. But, uh, Anyway, yeah, it's fucking over. So, so did he announce it before he gave his speech, or did he drop the bomb in the speech? He announced it around on Twitter, Twitter around noon, I think noon or one p.m. or so. He said that he was going to retire. Oh, uh, yeah! What a freaking what a reaction he would have got if he'd announced that in the ring yeah if he didn't tell anybody he just walked out there and said yep i'm gonna retire it's fucking over people they wouldn't know if it was an angle or not mm. there'd be all that speculation what the hell you never know they might be using twitter for it now no i'd say he's probably done there's people yeah. crying in the crowd he's got a sweet shirt i like that shirt <sighs> he's got to take care of himself. Well, he's he's 
34 years old. He's wanting to start a family. You can't do it if you're concussed out the ass. So that's that. But the one thing that we do have is old school wrestling. Oh, that that guy's out there somewhere. What guy? That guy. The guy that's going to come in and be like, you know what? This is the real deal. Fans are going to be right back into it. He's out there. He's to hurry the fuck up, but he's out there. So got Seth Rollins. Yeah, one day he'll come back. Yeah, so one of these days. <laughs> I mean, well, we got Roman Reigns in the meantime, right? No, yeah. Well, we got AJ Styles. I'm sure they can forgive the Hulkster. They need somebody. Yeah. They'll yeah. come back. Superstars on the Superstation. This was on uh, February 7th, 1986. Uh, you know, I think the next time we do this, you're going to play the role of writing down all the notes, and I'm going to take your role in sitting down. I um, I prefer to shoot from the hip on this. She'll uh, start off ring announcer Tom Miller. Welcome us to the Superstars and the Superstation. Item TA and Linda Curry are our hosts for this special event. I've never seen this woman. I Googled her, which is always scary. And the first thing I got was husband who fatally poisoned with nicotine. So this wasn't her. See? I told you Google was scary. This isn't in Google Docs. It's on NWA, Scott. What's the, oh, that was last opened by me. My bad. I was looking at the date, and I was like, what the fuck, you know? Hmm. All right, then. It seems that uh, this woman did not have a huge impact on NWA because I could not find anything on her. So this must have been a one-time thing. Anyway, Magnum tells us that Dusty is going to be interviewing Willie Nelson. Okay, so first off, the whole gimmick of this show is that it was voted on by the fans. So... Dusty Rhodes double-booked himself to work and do an interview. Also, each match has a 20-minute time limit. So Dusty could have booked the matches longer if he didn't book his ego longer. That way, he can also interview Willie Nelson. Thanks, Dusty. Anyway, Magnum and his Linda chick flirted with each other. Then we go to David and Tony. To go over the fact that these matches are 20 minute time limit, with the exception of the Ric Flair match, which is TV time remaining. That's not fair to Flair. And then, two minutes and 25 seconds into the show, David Crockett starts in his shit already. Ron Garvin has Ric Flair's number. And then he's got this smug fucking look on his face when he does it. I mean, what the hell's David Crockett's problem? He's a hater, man. He's a major fucking hater. I He's mean, the he biggest should... fucking mark on the show. 
He should be like the objective journalist. And he's not. I, they I should think, fire him. I think that's Tony. We go to the Rock and Roll Express's dressing room with Bob Cottle. You know, God, I miss Bob Cottle. He was one of my favorite announcers. I know Vince hates him. God damn, sounds like a grandfather. Well, that's why I love him. He sounds like your old your grandfather watching wrestling. Anyway, we go to a review of the Rock and Roll Express winning the titles against the Russians. And then we have the Midnight Express versus the Rock and Roll Express. First thing I have to say, the Midnight Express attacks the Rock and Roll Express during the introductions. 99.9% .9 of all announcers will stop. Not this fucker. Tom has one job to do tonight, and he's going to do it. The Rock and Roll Express showing at the beginning of the match, unless all the other Saturday night shows we reviewed are exciting when they want to be. They were punches, kicks, arm bars, none of that bullshit. They fucking went in there a fist of fury. It was great. Every fucking Saturday night show we watched up to this point was boring as shit. When they want to fucking work, they can work. I guess oh. they decided they were going to get paid tonight. Yeah, they, I mean, dude, uh, they were epic. It was, it was an excellent match. I yeah. loved it. It was great. They, I mean, especially after watching weeks and weeks and weeks. And don't get me wrong, there is some good stuff in the wrestling matches on the, the weekly show, but this is, this is what they're saving that for. I get yeah. it now. You know, this this was this was the payoff. The worst bump of the match had to be when Bobby took the backdrop backdrop on the floor. Yeah, that didn't look fun at all. <laughs> and just for some fucking reason, I don't know why Bobby decided to do this, but but he planned before the match. I got this great idea. I'm gonna take a backdrop on the floor. Ricky's like. Okay. And then for some reason, Bobby charged towards Ricky and he just took this backdrop and he hear smack. <laughs> and Bobby's back hit the fucking floor, concrete floor, no pads. Bobby, there was no selling. That was fucking <laughs> legit. <laughs> it's a good thing. It's a good thing Bobby Eaton's a badass. I'm just saying. He just fucking died. <laughs> Poor fucking Bobby. Hit that he is he's he's a fucking lucky bastard, man. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Robert and Ricky then got the heat on Dennis, but when <laughs> when Bobby got back in, I don't think Bobby was selling because I think he was legit in <laughs> injured. Every fucking time he his back hit from that moment on, he grabbed his kidneys and his lower back. Every time Robert or Ricky went for his back, he just grabbed it. Then we get to the finish. Robert is being worked over, and Ricky gets the hot tag. Ricky started cleaning house and then got the double drop kick on Bobby. But there's a ref bump. So, then you get another double drop kick on Dennis. Dennis goes outside. Here comes Jim Cornette up on an apron. Cornette drops the tennis rack into the ring. 
Robert goes and grabs tennis racket while Cornette, a civilian, gets grabbed by the collar by Ricky Morton. Robert grabs the tennis racket and swings it like a fucking thug and smashes poor Bobby across the fucking face like he owes him money. What the hell did Bobby do? They should have arrested Robert. And then he he goes for the fucking pin. Like a fucking heel. Thank God Randy Anderson's outside the ring. There's no cover. There's a cover, but there's no fucking ref. So Dennis Condry sneaks in the ring, grabs the fucking tennis racket, wallops fucking Ricky Morton across the back. Wallops. <laughs> I haven't heard that word in years. Wallops, that motherfucker. I mean, that's what he <laughs> fucking does. Gang bang somebody's like, we we just wallop, we just wallop that motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, he fucking had a come. He grabbed the fucking civilian. Well, I was, hey, the way I see it, Contry was balancing the fucking books, man. Yeah. I mean, look what he did to his brother over there. He had a so, cup. Yeah. So Robert goes after him. They go out to the floor. Jim Cornette comes in the ring, grabs Bobby, pulls him over on top, goes outside, throws Pee Wee into the ring. One, two, three. You, the best tag team in wrestling in the 80s gets the belts. So it was a great fucking little match. Yeah, and Cornette, man, whenever he gets involved, just how spastic he moves and shit. Yeah. He's a seller. He did, he did, he did a fantastic job. Yeah. <laughs> oh, this next fucking part. <laughs> uh, so... Magnum cuts a promo on how disgusted Rock and Roll Express must feel. Of all teams, it had to be the Midnight Express that won the belts. He can't even describe how shitty it must feel. And then this dumbass he's next to says the stupidest fucking thing I've ever heard on wrestling. And I've heard even Marie cut a promo. She said, <laughs> quote, I was amazed at the energy of the fans to really yell and support who they are for, and they seem to really yell at the people they are for, and it's amazing how they are really into the match so far. At this point, Magnum looked Dead straight into the camera and let a let out an audible sigh that could only be interpreted as God damn it, Dusty. <laughs> but he was a professional and he caught himself and saved it and went into full babyface mode and talked about the fans bringing out the best in us and how the Rock and Roll Express are really down now. But they will be back from a commercial break. And then she said something else, and he gave her a look like he wanted to knock her the fuck out. As of right now, Magnum TA is in my top 10 of all time. <laughs> it was like the silent, it was like the quiet, calm version of Lex Luger in the fucking locked door. 
<laughs> it was such a, it was such a train wreck. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I laughed out loud. And I was like, is this really happening right now? Did he really just do that? And then, like you said, he just like looks at the camera and he's just like, <sighs> wow, I blew that one. You know, I don't know how he kept a straight face because he's bad at himself. That's how he kept a straight face. He wasn't going to punch himself in the face. I, you just know that he, he was so pissed at fucking Dusty. He couldn't be mad at her because she had no reason to be up there. Dusty, she, Dusty had to know her from somewhere. And he's like, Dusty's like, Magnum, I got this beautiful woman. I'm going to put her on there. She's going to look so pretty up there. Madam's yeah. like, okay, Dusty. <laughs> And so he cut this great little promo. Midnight Express won these belts. And of all people, of all people, it had to be them to get the belts. It could have been anybody else, but it had to be them. This, the fans, they were so excited. To, to, and, and they had so much energy to cheer for, for the people that they're behind. And they yell for the, the people that, that they don't. It's just, they're really excited. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. It was fucking awesome. And fuck you, Vince McMahon, for not putting this show on the WWE Network. What the fuck, dude? We had to get this shit off Daily Motion. Oh, my God. Cut to an interview with the Midnight Express. Poor fucking Bobby can't even stand up. Robert Gibson laid him out so fucking hard, he's still laying on the floor, so they have to prop him up on a fucking chair. He's fucked up, man. Yeah, he's fucked. I thought he was going to fall off the, off the floor, but everybody's decided Jim Cornette's cutting the greatest fucking promo of his life. He's so excited. He's like a kid in a candy store. Then we cut to uh, Linda and Magnum. They introduce us to a clip of the Russians killing the Road Warriors. Amazingly, she didn't say anything fucking stupid. Uh, the next match was, well, they introduce us to another clip of the Road Warriors and uh, the Russians. You know, if you had less clips, you could have longer fucking matches. Yeah, it's too many clips. Yeah. Uh, and then the Road Warriors come out, and since this was on Daily Motion, we got the fucking Iron Man entrance. Uh, yeah. And then we get a great close-up shot of Ivan Koloff. Uh, Ivan, but um, it wasn't Ivan. It was um, it was Hawk, Hawk and Nikita staring each other down. That was a fucking great visual. Yes, and those two, they were so legit intimidating, it's not even funny. I mean, can you imagine walking into a, like, a street fight or to a fucking bar and just seeing those two fuckers staring each other down getting ready to... Yeah, you know that there's, people are going to fucking die, and it's yeah. probably not going to be those two. Yeah. <laughs> Even though they're going to fight each other, other people are going to die. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, overall, sadly, this match was pretty disappointing. Yeah. I mean, once it went apeshit 
or batshit crazy at the end with Paul Ellering out there throwing punches. He actually did pretty good. And Hawk swinging that chain around. I thought he was going to decapitate somebody for real. I mean, that was the highlight. But, yeah, overall, the match wasn't that great. Yeah, Baron Von Rusky came out there and caused DQ, and that was pretty much it. Yeah. Man, that guy cannot promo at all. Jesus Christ. Yeah. Um, I was thinking back to last week's episode. But, anyways. Yeah. Uh, Magnum TA is interviewing Benny Parsons. He is a car person driving something. Either way, he's better than that fucking blonde chick. And I fucking hate car racing shit. By the way, Sound of Times, his sponsors, 76 Gas, which I guess they're still a thing, in Copenhagen. Those are both still pretty popular. Yeah. And now they're killing time showing the fucking marks with the goddamn blonde again. And not the real fucking blondie. This fucking blondie, Linda Curry. And I wish it was fucking Adam Curry. Why didn't they get him? How fucking old was he in 1996, by the way? Remember him, Adam Curry? MTV no. VJ? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor? Wait a minute. Let me pack on my keyboard here. Um, Adam Curry. No, I don't remember Adam Curry. Mm. Bad when I see his face, I'd be like, "Oh yeah, that guy." Yeah, that's that's kind of who I thought he was talking about. The yeah. longer, wasn't he like the first one? No, no. Anyway, they oh, do okay. this. Let's go fun. and talk to all the fans and see why they came out to see the NWA. So they go out there and, and like always, they try to find the most southern fuckers they can find. The biggest marks possible. So why did you come here? Well, I came to see Magnum TA. Why did you come here? Well, I came to see the Rock and Roll Express. But one guy saved the whole fucking segment. The Ric Flair mark. Linda came and talked to him. <laughs> him. He said... Well, I came to receive Ric Flair. <laughs> when you close the door, you're thinking about Ric Flair, just like all the other women out there. She was fucking speechless. Yeah, that was a good segment. That yeah. was a real... He that fucking saved, saved the show. It was worth it just to see that. And you could tell he was like a fucking 1980s Flair mark. He wasn't dressed up in the suit and tie, but he was a total fucking Flair mark. Now we are interviewing Dusty Rhodes. E well, actually, it's Dusty Rhodes' ego and Willie Nelson. Seriously, Dusty, what the fuck are you doing? We could have had another match with all the fucking time you wasted. All interviewing all these fucking marks, you and fucking Willie Nelson, and all these fucking clips of all these other matches. Look, you don't need to show all this promo shit leading up to this. We could have had a whole fucking match. Or you could have added extra minutes to all these 20-minute time limit bullshit. I didn't think it was a good segment anyways. No. Now, painful to watch. Dusty Rhodes versus Tully Blanchard for the national title. First off, Baby Doll is looking pretty fucking good tonight. You've been lonely for a while. 
the second. Dusty doesn't have on that fucking boot tonight. Fucking cheater. So, Dusty had the early advantage. And he's working the leg, getting early revenge on Tully, even doing the figure four as, so as a fuck you on Flair. Everything was... Moments. Sorry. Huh? I was going to say it had its moments, but it was just basically Dusty working the leg. Yeah. Well, everything was going in Dusty's favor until he got up on top and blew out his knee. And Tully took over from there and started going after Dusty's knee. It's back and forth, time limit draw. And it really wasn't that great of a match. Um, Tully hits the pile driver on Dusty, laying him out, and then grabs the national title and walks off with it, leaving American Dream a nightmare. Uh, not a great match, but still better than anything you'll see on Raw main event. Uh, interview with Jim Crockett Jr. and Magnum, and we announced the first ever Jim Crockett Sr. Memorial Cup Tag Team Tournament. Tony talks to Gaylord. Yep, Gaylord. Why are we not having a match with Ric Flair? It's Dusty's fault, that's why. Uh, Flair versus Garvin. Okay, and for some reason, Flair had 2001 for his entrance, and then it morphed into the fucking Wanderer. I mean, it makes sense for Ric Flair, but seems kind of fucked up, doesn't it? I mean, the classic is the classic. <laughs> I've never heard. I've never seen it switch. I've never heard it switch before. I don't either. I mean, I, I, I think I'm hearing that he used to come out to that, but I've I've never actually seen it before. Nah, neither. Uh, right off the bat, Garvin fucks up the collar and elbow tie up. I mean, seriously, what the serious fuck? They gave this man the title. Um, they beat the hell out of each other. Uh, I really don't have much to say about this match because it's fucking Ronnie Garvin. Basically, they just beat the hell out of each other. Now, I was surprised when Garvin um, did the one move where, you know, they're both laying on their back and he's got his hands around the waist and then they back bend up in reverse. Yeah, oh, yeah. I was shocked Ronnie Garvin did that one. But, I mean, Ronnie Garvin is a stout fucker, so I guess I'm not really shocked, but it still surprises me to see that much agility out of him. So. I'm giving all that to Flair's leg strength. Yeah, there's that, too. Um, so, you know, does that move take two, or does, like, one guy lead it? <laughs> that move takes two, right? <laughs> it takes two. It has to. There's no you got to have a dance partner. Yeah. Maybe Bruce Lee could pull somebody up like that, but... Uh, Flair goes over when Tommy Young takes the ref bump, goes outside the ring, comes back in. Flair knees Garvin in the back, and who does a shit sell job? Uh, Flair pins Garvin. Garvin puts his foot on a rope, and according to David Crockett, which you can't trust David Crockett. No. I mean, and, I saw Garvin put his foot up after the ref had done called the match. I don't recall. And Flair gets the pin. David yells at Tommy Young, What are you doing? His foot was on the rope. Flair screams in David's face, shut up. We cut the Magnum and dumbass to end the show. Then the next day was NWA Saturday night. 
well, NWA World Championship Wrestling on uh, 2-8-86. We have the clips of the Midnight Express against NWA Rock, Rock NWA. God damn it. Clips of Midnight against the Rock and Roll Express at the Super Show. Tony is alone as David Crockett is on special assignments. I wonder what the fuck that could be. What the hell is David Crockett doing on special assignment? Is he like still with Willie Nelson and then uh he's probably the um, Dusty's water boy. Most likely. Anyway, Tony breaks the news that the Midnight Express is the new champions and he runs down the show's results. Jimmy Valiant versus David Dillinger. Jimmy Valiant commits sexual harassment. A woman who looked a lot like Sweet Sapphire is in the crowd. He pulls her up from her seat, spins her around, and plants a kiss on her. Now, granted, his fingers were covering her lips, so he never made contact, but whatever. The point is, had this been Ric Flair, the cost would have been out there. So, they're in the South. <laughs> and we've heard all the backstage, like, racist stuff. And Jimmy Vite walks out and kisses this huge... Black woman. Yeah. <laughs> Sapphire. Yeah, I was surprised. I was very shocked, actually. Yeah. That they did that. Um, the fingers over the lips, maybe that had something to do with him not wanting to kiss a black person or not. Well, he does that to, to Tony as well. I oh, yeah. You're Tony right. That you're right. So, I don't know. I just thought it was – I was surprised to see it. I mean, it was it was funny. I laughed. I was like, oh, that's great. Yeah. But still, I was like, wow, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah. You know, I mean – I remember going to a wrestling show like when I was eight or nine. It was WCW, WA, whatever, and people yelling all the racial stuff. It was crazy. So I can only imagine, and even further south, what it was like. Yeah. Not that, not that I think every Tom, Dick, and Harry person in the south is racist, but in the early mid '80s, white guy kissing the black woman might be a little bit scandalous. Yeah. Just saying. Well, I can I can definitely see Jimmy Valiant doing that, but I don't I don't see my yeah. I don't see near as many people giving a shit today. Yeah. Two questions. One. Why does Jimmy have Chewbacca written on his tights? Because it's how hairy his asshole is. <coughs> <laughs> <coughs> he just named his asshole Chewbacca. <laughs> and two, is Dylan turned a cousin of Adrian Adonis? He looks like a smaller version. Yeah, he looks like somebody that's like, you know what? I like uh, the two nature boys. I'm going to rip off their shit. <laughs> so. uh, obviously, Jimmy Valiant wins this one. Uh, Jimmy cuts a promo afterwards and sings about red dresses and boxing gloves. I was confused as shit. Huh? I think Jimmy Valiant just stays high as shit all the time. <coughs> Paul Jones cuts a promo about how Ron Bass is a pussy. Installing for time, not coming out and taking on the barbarians challenges or the barbarian challenges. <laughs> uh, with his 22 inch neck, 23 inch biceps. Now, last week, I think it was last week's show, we heard that Arn Anderson can squat 600 pounds. This week, the barbarian or barbarian can bench press 700 pounds. Now, Scott, is that a shoot, or do you think that's kayfabe? 
I think that's kayfabe. Now, I'm willing to give Aaron Anderson a 600-pound squat because he didn't say how many reps that is. And plus, it's fucking Aaron Anderson. He's a horseman. Well, the thing is, man, the this number probably, of people in the world that's known to have done over 600 isn't that big of a list. I mean, so him pushing seven without gear, especially without like a bitch shirt and stuff, uh, probably, probably freaking bullshit. Even on steroids and everything else with his travel schedule and stuff. There ain't no way. 23 euro bar. He's probably about 23, 24. But I could easily believe someone built like Arn Anderson squatting 600 pounds compared to that bench press. Um, you know, just because someone's not big and ripped doesn't mean they're not have a lot of they don't have a lot of strength. That just means they may not have spent their lifting career working on um, hypertrophy. They were working on strength reps. You know, the lower rep stuff, heavyweight, which will build a little bit of muscle, but nowhere near as much as if you eat excess calories and do 12, 15 reps or something like that. Are you saying Paul Jones lied? I'm saying that a pro wrestling show gave something that may not have been a fact. I can't believe Paul Jones lied. Promo, well, Road Warriors versus Brody Chase and Kent Glover. Road Warriors slaughtered these two. Then the promo, yeah, Road bad. Warriors. They like to yell. Two things. One, Hawk's hair is really long. Well, for Hawk's Mohawk. And two, animals' makeup is horrible tonight. Yeah, Hawk looked a lot better when he thinned out that hair. Yeah. Uh, Ron Garvin versus the Golden Terror. Fuck this match. Lots of holding and rolling, holding and rolling, and holding and punching, and nobody caring. Again, why did they give him the belt? Then they gave him a promo. He thanked all the people for the cards and the letters. He said he can't answer all of them, but he's trying. Well, that's because he can only read one a day. Ron Bass versus Larry Clark. You know, I still don't understand how this dude is babyface. I guess he doesn't like Paul Jones. Ron Bass worked a match as a big man babyface. Simple power man moves. Not that exciting. And he went over to Claude. Ron Bass promo. Ron Bass looks like an old movie serial hill with the twirling mustache. No, I wouldn't trust this fucker for anything. But that being said, he did got a good fucking promo, but he's got a hill promo as a babyface. But the more I looked at him, the more he looked like the old school movie hill. I mean, with the twirling mustache. Now, Baby Doll comes out there all alone, but with the national title, even though Tully took the belt last night, which was weird. And the first thing Dusty has her do is put him over by saying that he's still hanging out with a celebrity that's bigger than him, which is Willie Nelson. So I can see that. So Dusty says, now look, Baby Doll, I'm going to go out there. I'm going to give you the spotlight. But you're going to go out there and you're beautiful. But I want you to make me even more beautiful. So put me over. So what? So she has to go out there and talk about how he's out there hanging out with Willie Nelson. 
What fucking did the ego on fucking Dusty? Like she's not she's not any good anyways. She sucks, and she had to come out there and name drop Willie Nelson again. But hey, I mean they they'll name drop whatever they can. Name drop Willie Nelson to make Dusty look bigger than he is. Just to make Dusty feel good. Then she cut a promo on Arn, who has done nothing wrong. They're, they're, they're just trying to damage this man. What the hell? All they want to do is put Arn in the hospital. The Barbarian versus Tony Zane, who now has a white jacket slash overcoat Parker thing. From a wide shot, he looks like a fat-ass Tom Zink with that on. Yeah, there's a name from the past, kids. Google that. Z-E-N-K, Tom Zink. Anyway, Barbarian beat the hell out of Tommy Zane and flew about fucking 39 feet across the ring. Nobody ever gives him credit for that. Jim Cornette promo with, with the Midnight Express. Uh, Express versus Mike... Samineen, or whatever the fuck his name is, and Don Turner. You know, I think Don Turner was legit knocked out after Bobby <laughs> Eaton was standing on his face. Because <laughs> he never stood up on his own after he that. Never the same, no. Either that or he just started overselling everything else after, after that because the dude was just fucking out on his feet. Uh... Promo with the Russians and fucking Baron Von Rusky. Uh, they're showing a house show where they beat the fuck out of Magnum TA. And out of nowhere, Dusty comes out. He gets the shit beat out of him. Baby Doll comes out and starts beating on Nikita. <clears throat> Baby Doll, who isn't doing much, but that's one hell of a woman. Stupid woman. I wouldn't fuck with Nikita. The Russians' thought is. Well, she wants to fight like a man. We'll beat her like a man. Dusty makes a quick booking decision and says, No! And tackles Baby Doll out of the way before Nikita murders Baby Doll with a Russian sickle. The, Russian, the Road Warriors do a run-in for the save, and the Russians take off. The Russians finish the promo, and Ivan has a match versus Randy Malky, which is a typical Malky match. You lay down and you die. Um, Tully has a promo. Meh, it's a promo. <clears throat> he just said he was going to fuck up Jimmy Valiant, but he doesn't have any mention of his, of the national title that he, he stole last night. Promo with Paul Jones. Paul Jones is talking smack about Ron Bass. Dumbass farm boy. Doesn't care where the money comes from as long as he gets enough money to have his taxes paid. He's a fucking pussy. He's scared. Just accept the challenge. Then out of nowhere, Ron Bass runs in and scares the shit out of Tony and Paul. I'll take you on right now. Where is he? Paul backpedals. Now, I was just saying, if anybody could take this challenge and beat my man, it would be you, and then you had to go start yelling at me. Total fucking bullshit. Paul Jones was awesome in this bit. Eventually, Ron backed Paul up to the wall until Paul yelled, I'll set the place next week and stormed off. Then Ron Bass vehemently apologized like a big dunk country boy who just regained his composure to Tony. I'm very sorry. It's not my character. 
In the ring, Paul Jones joins Baron Von Rusky, who's taking on George South. Paul is so pissed, he takes off his jacket, ready to go down and fight Ron Bass. Baron Von Rusky is trying to calm him down. Eventually, Paul Jones listens to reason that comes from a Nazi. We love wrestling logic. Baron Von Rusky is one of the workers who just doesn't take bumps, isn't he? He goes over with the second claw hold of the night. Tolly's second promo. Tolly makes the point that the match last night was only 20 minutes, not 60. That's why he lost. I mean, that's why he, he didn't go over. Because if it was a 60-minute match, he would have won. Because two minutes later, Dusty was laid out with the pile driver. It was over. And yes, Baby Doll came out with the title today, but that's because they sent the title back because they just wanted to send a message that it can be taken. Gee, that's something that doesn't fucking happen today. They actually take the time to explain everything, and everything makes sense. Gee, people, logic. TV title match, Arn Anderson versus Bill Malky. Bill got a little bit of offense as Arn played the arrogant heel for a few minutes. It was a nice little match. This Malky brother did a hell of a lot better than the last one. <clears throat> Arn pro promo. Great promo from Arn. He put over all the heels. Well, the horseman in the midnight. Buried everyone else. You had heel fans in the crowd. Arn knew it and played towards him. So I don't think Dusty was there that night. So he said, fuck it, I'm going over. Uh, Nikita versus Bill Tab. Before this match started, I wrote this out. Nikita is going to beat the shit out of Bill. Nikita really didn't do a lot of beating. More of just an intent, more of just intimidating walking around. Um, yeah, I didn't care for this prop beating. No. Then he had a promo with the Rock and Roll Express. Ricky Morton basically called Jim Cornette's mama whore. How are these people heroes? All the baby faces are assholes. I'll never understand it, man. They showed last night's outcome how the Rock and Roll Express got what they deserved. They had the audacity to bitch about the tennis racket. Ricky Morton saying, look at my face. You used a tennis racket on me. You beat the shit out of me. Fucker, you used it first. They just showed the clip the last, what, six, seven minutes of the match. Who's the first person to use the tennis racket? Fucking Robert Gibson. That's a fact. He Cheaters, hit man. Bobby right in the fucking face with it. So, fuck you, Rock and Roll Express. You're the fucking heels in this the whole fucking thing is Rock and Roll Express. They're the fucking heels. The men that express the baby faces. Go fuck yourself. And then the main event is Rock and Roll Express versus Paul Garner and Lee Peck. Or Peck, Peck, whatever. Anyway, Rock and Roll Express are actually doing quite... They're actually they're being the Rock and Roll Express in this match. Yeah, they actually look like they had... Uh... Woke up. Yeah. Set up just kind of floating through their matches. That or somebody said, you guys got actually four minutes to get this fucking match over with. So they went up there, boom, boom, boom. And yeah, they actually gave, 
They, they gave a shit in this match. They went yeah. out there, quick tags. So they proved that they were actually a good tag team back then. I always liked watching them when I was a kid. Well, this 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 proved why you actually liked watching them when you were a kid. Yeah. I actually enjoyed watching them beat the shit out of these two people. After that, Midnight Express came out and they uh, teased the fight, but of course it didn't happen. They ran out of time. Um, that is it for the show. It was. I mean, it was. A, I think the February eighth episode was better than the previous one. But the uh, the promos. I mean, that's 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 what this show's for. We say it, we say it every week, but I mean, that's what they're doing. They're cutting promos. Yeah. They're furthering the plot. Yeah. The the yeah the, the back then it was all the the promos were there to get get your asses in the seats to go to the next screen to go see the show. Yep. Yeah, go to go to the house show. It's not like it is today where you got people think the big aspirations of being like Hollywood writers or something and trying to let that come out in their pro wrestling writing. Yeah. Now it's just you, you have to watch Raw next week. Yeah. Now it's like same thing. Yeah. Now now you have to back then you had to talk people into going to see the house show next week. So, eh. but uh, yeah, but the other the other show was just excellent. Yeah, yeah Superstars yeah, and Superstation. Yeah, Red Warriors was not that great. No, Dusty was a little slow, but the other two matches were just fantastic. Oh yeah, fucking Rock and Roll Express, Midnight Express. God, I love watching those two guys. Those Rick two Flair, teams. I, I said fantastic. I didn't mean to include Rick Flair and Ron Garvin. That it was good. I'll give it that. Yeah. It wasn't fantastic, but it was a good match. Yeah. Uh, I'd be nice if we had some other matches to review other shows, but yeah, we'll see. But uh, that is it. For the show, so we'll see. We'll see what's coming up. Try to, we're trying to get the show back down to one hour, but right now it's just uh we got hit with two shows back to back. That was not the plan. Yeah, it was unavoidable this week. Yeah, I was wanting to get caught up, but I forgot about that show. But anyway, that is it. So we are done. So goodbye, people. Later.